on our previous podcast with Elizabeth, Katrina, and myself, Arfa, we talked about COPD. COPD, also known as chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a progressive lung inflammatory disease. It specifically attacks the lungs first and goes to other organs and systems in the body. Symptoms of COPD include shortness of breath, chronic coughing, tightness of chest, and swelling in the lower extremities. On this podcast, we will be covering COPD with the renal system, fluid, electrolytes, acid-base balance, the reproductive system, and lastly, the treatments. The renal system is where the body eliminates waste, waste such as toxins, urea, and nitrogen. The structural unit function of the kidney is called nephron. The nephron filters the blood using renal tubules and corpuscles. Once it is filtered to the two tubes called ureters, it will then take the waste down to the urinary bladder to help us eliminate the waste out of our body. In one study, over half a million older adults with COPD taking inhaled anticholinergic medication actually had a 40% high risk of acute urinary retention. Acute urinary retention occurs when a patient feels the pressure and pain associated with the need to empty their bladder, but however, the patient cannot urinate. This causes urine to back up into the kidneys, which can lead to infections and eventually even go to other organs and damage other organs in the body. COPD can affect lower urinary tract dysfunction by causing changes in the bronchioles and increasing abdominal pressure during chronic cough. Chronic cough directly affects pelvic walls, which weakens and aggravates the urinary incontinence. One study shows that 10% of men older than 40 experience urinary incontinence. Of those participants, 63 patients experience the urge for incontinence. A different study shows that 21% of women with COPD may experience urinary incontinence at least twice per week. Women are more likely, especially after childbirth, with incontinence. COPD also affects the fluid electrolyte and the acid-base balance. There was a study conducted on patients which explains a period when patient symptoms are worse than their normal. During this time, it was concluded that there are abnormal serum electrolytes including sodium, potassium, magnesium, and chloride levels. Unfortunately, water retention and hyponatremia or low blood sodium are observed in the final stages of COPD and the onset of edema is a poor prognostic factor. Hypnocapnia is when a patient's CO2 levels are elevated and is seen in patients with COPD. The body's response to this is to reduce renal blood flow and as a result, increasing water and sodium retention with the final effect of edema and hypnocapnia. In COPD, 
Patients um, chronically elevated carbon dioxide shifts the normal acid-base balance towards acidic. This leads to respiratory acidosis because the air inhaled in and out of the lungs does not get adequately exchanged between the carbon dioxide from the body for oxygen from the air. And very last but not least, I will be going over how the reproductive system is affected by COPD. COPD is rarely seen in pregnant women as it usually develops in the fifth or sixth decade of life, but maybe in this case we should never say never. As we already explained though, bronchitis is a condition where the bronchial tubes become inflamed and mucus builds up. The body is going to do whatever it has to do in order to expel that mucus. So the patient will develop a pretty persistent cough in order to do that. This can be extremely dangerous during pregnancy since this will cause fatigue in the patient and it will cause energy to be diverted away from the growing fetus and towards recovering. While pregnant women more commonly experience acute bronchitis, they are not likely to have chronic bronchitis. But here's where we never say never. There was one case study done on a single patient with COPD. This patient was a woman, 35 years old, and pregnant. She started smoking at a very young age, and as a result, developed COPD very early. Her COPD, contrary to what I would have assumed before reading this study, actually improved during her pregnancy, but then immediately deteriorated once she delivered the baby. The reason why she improved may be due to the secretion of prostaglandins, which have been known to elicit bronchodilation and protect against bronchoconstriction, which would make breathing very difficult. So this study suggested that this finding may be helpful in identifying treatment options to this irreversible disease. The next study I am going to talk about is one of the more interesting articles we found throughout this entire project regarding patients with COPD. As a healthy young female, if this is not a concern I have ever had, nor did I even think about, but I'll just say the study is titled Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease and Sexual Functioning Among Women in Egypt. This study measured two groups of all women, one group completely healthy and one group experiencing COPD. The two variables measured were the socio-demographic features of the two groups and the sexual functioning and satisfaction, which is, in this case, the variable we're more concerned about. The forced expiratory volume, or abbreviated FEV1, which we went over in lecture, was measured and it was determined that powerful breathing is positively correlated with desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction. 
significant dysfunction in sexual life as attributed to symptoms of breathing difficulties and difficult sexual positions were found in a majority of the studied Egyptian female group with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Go figure. Sex was a lot of work for them. We've previously discussed treatments, or I should say the management paths of COPD, because unfortunately there is no cure. To quickly summarize again, you can manage symptoms by quitting smoking, making lifestyle changes such as a healthy diet, and you can build up your ability to stay active by frequently exercising. These changes will hopefully slow the progress of the disease. This disease is progressive, so it only gets worse. If patients want to slow this down, it's important to manage symptoms as early as possible. We all know by hopefully not personal experience, but just scientifically, smoking is addictive. And many people simply do not want to quit. Those people do not know what good feels like until they quit smoking and they feel good. And it's easier to keep their addiction. Also, as much as eating is necessary for basic human function, it's addictive. Unhealthy eating is a part of a lifestyle people do not want to quit. People are obsessed with instant satisfaction and it's hard work changing your lifestyle. So managing symptoms may be difficult for some people. Another management path or something that we could take to manage symptoms is a bronchodilator. This is a medication that relaxes the muscle of the bronchi, which allows air to get in and out easier. Also, a steroid is a powerful anti-inflammatory medication that can be given to patients with COPD only if they are experiencing an acute exacerbation. Steroids cannot be taken for long periods of time because of the harmful side effects, but long-term steroids have no benefit whatsoever. As a last resort, a lung transplant uh, may be necessary in patients with severe symptoms in the final stages of COPD, and these patients have had no response to other management options. All of those are the main ways to manage COPD and manage symptoms. So, Dr. Mazurki, we hope we were able to teach the teacher a thing or two throughout our podcasts. We also really hope you enjoyed them, but we will never be publishing again. So you can call us a three-hit wonder. Thanks for the unconventional but very educational semester.